In this episode, Ken Schumann and a group of faith walkers reflect on the topic of practical things that can help manage anxiety with family during the holidays. This conversation was originally recorded in December of 2022. We want to remind you, Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. this seminar that I'm doing and I'm getting an enormous amount of experience managing my own anxiety these days. Uh, my, uh, we, we have decided, I don't know where I left the story, but my, my siblings and I have decided we're moving my mother this month uh, up here to Tomball uh, into an assisted living place. And we've had conversations about where, and we've had conversations about money. Uh, really, if you, if you want to practice managing anxiety, have conversations with your siblings about money and, and see how that goes. Uh, it's, it's been fun, uh, not, and it's been challenging. And so uh, with that, I, I, I began to just think about what are the what are the really practical things that that can help people manage anxiety when they're with family or here during the holidays or or whatever and because I've been a Christian all my life I mean I grew up going to church and became a Christian when I was young what what it seems the only answer that many church going people seem to have is to throw uh, a, uh, a scripture grenade at you. Uh, you know, well, you know what the Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, you know, make your request known. Yeah, you're, you can quote the verse, right? And Unfortunately for me, and it's highly likely that all of you are, are more spiritually attuned than I am, but I just want to confess that, that even when I pray sometime, the peace that surpasses all understanding doesn't come. <laughs> I want it to come, but it doesn't come. And so for me, there, there seems to be... Uh, this ongoing connection of how do I grow in my capacity to, to manage my own anxiety. Uh, we talk a lot in faith walking about the verse in second Timothy one and seven, that it's not God that's given us a spirit of fear, but God has given us a spirit of discipline and of love and of a, of a sound mind. And, uh, and there's so many things we say about anxiety that it's not, there's not a simple list. Uh, if I were to simplify the list, here, here's what I'd say. There are five keys to managing anxiety within yourself. 
but then it takes me about 12 bullet points to explain it. <laughs> so, so my five things are awareness, courage, discipline, curiosity, and tolerance. Those are my five words. Awareness, courage, curiosity, discipline, and tolerance. So, so we're going to do just a quick overview of everything we talk about in Faith Walking about anxiety, okay? So the first thing, if I could talk about awareness, I think there, there are three really big things we need to be aware of. We, we need to be aware of when we get triggered and what the cause of that triggering is. And uh, we're, we're bullet pointing today. And so for me, when I bullet point, yeah, and, and our, what we get triggered around are mostly our, our vows and our shame. And we just need to be aware that, okay, I'm going to get triggered around those things. I think we need to be aware of where anxiety shows up in, a, in our bodies physically. Because that's the early warning sign that we're about to do what we always do. And I think the third thing we need to be aware of is how we typically react in given situations to anxiety. And the more we can be aware the more we can manage the anxiety when it comes. So am I, I, am I aware of what are the things that typically trigger me and what's triggering me now and what is the threat behind it? Where is that anxiety showing up in me physically and how do I typically react? Because I, at least for me, here's what I know. I'm about to do what I do every time. So when I'm with my family and I've got a guiding principle for the day and I'm showing up in the way that I want to, and then I get anxious again, here's what I know. I'm about to do it. And for me, my go-to in situations like that is to distance. That's my go-to. And so I look for in what ways am I distancing already? And you know what? Every time I can, I can name ways that I'm distancing already. So is there anything any of you want to say about that? Is there something I'm missing around awareness and anxiety? I just wanted to point out, I think that one of the key things is where you said where it shows up in our body physically and one of the, I think that is so key for us as Christians to, or just anybody to understand that, because as you were mentioning how some people are quick to throw a scripture at us and even say that if we're feeling anxious, that it's a sin, Yeah. but there's a deeper understanding to be had when we know how God created us right? and that with the basics of the fight flight or freeze right. we give compassion to ourselves and then proceed with that so I think that's really really good I'm glad you pointed that out yeah 
Yeah, I, I find it to be a really helpful tool, Trish, mm -hmm. um, for myself. And, you know, as to your other comment that, you know, some Christians want to say, well, anxiety is sin. Well, it could be. It could be. Um, and guess what? We all have it way more than we want to acknowledge and or, or that we know. Uh, in, our, in, in, my, in our coaching uh, session a moment ago, our coaching cluster gathering, coaches meeting, uh, one of the gentlemen in our group made, uh, made a really clear kind of uh, observation. And he was talking about the fact that often in events where we invite people to come and talk about anxiety, that men don't come. Mm. And, and his take on it was that if we, if we describe anxiety as anger, the men would show up from mm. his perspective. Now, I don't know whether he's right or wrong, but here's what I know. Often people think, well, anxiety is just being worried all the time. And I'm not a worrier, so I don't have any anxiety. And yet they get triggered. And when they get triggered, they get angry and they react out of their anger with conflict. And, uh, and, and, but at its root, it's an anxiety. And they don't know that at its root, it's anxiety. And, and so it's, it's so easy to say, well, oh, yeah, anxiety is sin because the scripture says don't be anxious. And yet, uh, you know what? I've not met a person yet that doesn't have anxiety. So just saying, well, it's, it's sin and therefore I just confess it doesn't help. No, it does not. <laughs> it, it doesn't help. No. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't help me work through the anxiety that I had. What, what else does that stir up, Trish? Well, it just, it helps me to remember that God is compassionate towards us. Yeah. He knows how he created us and we are human. Right. And, and he knows these things. And if, right. if I think of it solely as a sin, I mean, like, I'm glad you pointed out, it may or may not be, but he has compassion on that. And he doesn't right. want me to heap more shame on top of it. Right. He wants me to become aware of it so that I right. can work through it. Exactly. Yeah. I, it, which is why I love to connect it to this idea that sin is shalom breaking. Mm. It's breaking the wholeness. Yes. So is anxiety breaking the wholeness? Well, yeah, of course it mm -hmm. is. And, and guess what? And God's not mad at me because mm -hmm. the wholeness is broken. God simply wants to help me find ways for the wholeness to be restored, for the brokenness to be restored to wholeness. I, I mean, for me, that's a completely different understanding and idea of, of sin, and it makes sense. Okay, yeah, I have vows and I have shame that are un underneath my anxiety, and that's brokenness. And so, yeah, of course I'm broken. But the more awareness I have and the more tools I have to deal with those things that trigger me, the more capacity that I have to have less anxiety. But will I ever get rid of all anxiety? I don't think so. Not in this life. If it were just a choice, well, okay, let me just flip the switch. Okay. I'm not going to be anxious today. Not going to have any anxiety today. Just turning the switch off. 
Not going to happen. Not Judith, you were trying. What? I just said, not going to do it. <laughs> not going to do it. It just doesn't work for me. I don't know how we... I don't know how we help others other than getting them to come to some of our faith walking events to learn about anxiety so that they become aware. But I think it, for you and I, if, if we're going to manage anxiety, if we're going to manage whatever the anxiety is about right now, I think awareness is the beginning place. It's not the ending place, but it's the beginning place. So let's talk about some of these other words. Uh, of my my five words. Let's talk about courage. So when I when I think about my own life and when I think about anxiety, I have this tendency to distance. And part of my distancing is that I hide, that I don't say what is true for me. Uh, I don't uh, I don't define myself in public, maybe. And so that's what I mean when I say courage. I think it takes courage to face our anxiety. Uh, I'm, I'm going to lump another thing under courage. So I think it takes courage to live into this idea of in order to grow in our, in our emotional maturity, we have to increase our tolerance for emotional discomfort in ourself and in the people we love. And I think that takes courage. And what I believe about courage is we all have it. We just, we just have to exercise it and use it. And so will I find within myself the courage to tolerate discomfort? And will I find courage within myself to say what I need to say? Does that stir up any, anything for anyone? Am I missing a thought there about courage? I think the tolerance thing is something that seriously has to be practiced like over and over and over. I, I know that I've had to do that this past week and like more, it just seems like more than ever. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's so difficult, especially for women, I think, because we're nurturers. We, we want to, you know, resolve things. And well, of course men do too, but I mean, I know even in my relationship with my spouse, I'm having to tell him you, you I'm having to teach him to be tolerant in my discomfort. Uh -huh. And then that's it, it's he's finding it more challenging than ever, you know, as well. But it's it it's bringing us closer because we're allowing each other space to deal with our own anxiety, deal with the frustrations of things that we've been dealing with. And um, it's amazing how our schedule the, the dance remember the change mm -hmm. of the dance mm -hmm. it, we're starting to go in rhythm yeah and, uh, it's amazing the, right. the faith walking of, of, good because it, the holidays seem to bring up more anxiety than than i think any months of the year and for me it's not the commercial end of it you know oh i gotta buy presents that that's not it it just for some reason I think it's just a, a hard month, you know, because there's always usually a lot of loss during that time, you know, from the past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I see it in other people as well, you know, and it just, it becomes an extremely prayerful time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. Thank you, Brenda. 
I just, I think this is something that I definitely need to work on because even thinking about increasing my tolerance for emotional discomfort makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I don't even want to think about increasing it. So, yeah. And, and, and I think, I think in that Laura and, and Brenda both, it's, it's this idea and, and it's a choice every time it happens. And sometimes I may not make that choice. Sometimes it may just overwhelm me and you know what, I, I ain't got it in me right now, but it's, but it's always that choice to say, okay, here's a moment when I can increase, I can. I, you know what? I, I need to just let them wrestle with that right now. I'm not going to fix it. Sol, are you wanting to speak? I am. Uh, just uh, my wife and I both grew up in um, peace at any price environments. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, we carry that with us. Yes, and sir. So, um, for me, this is a real key one. This tolerance for this emotional discomfort. Yeah, because my default is, um, you know, to look for a quick way out and mm -hmm. um, instead of facing into it and and growing in that in that process. So um, this one's really important. And it, it that also just reminds me, I mean, I think these five things apply to all of us. But there may be different ones that um, that are more challenging for us. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I know people who don't have that problem of, they don't have a piece at any price um, paradigm. And so they're perfectly willing to be, to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But they mm -hmm. may be dealing more with some of these other things. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, uh, it, you know, yeah, I mean, when I when I use the word tolerance, that's what I'm talking about. This this growing capacity to tolerate my own need to make the anxiety away, go away, my own need to fix it for other people and, and take their anxiety away, my own need to be a peacekeeper rather than a peacemaker. Uh, yeah, can I can I tolerate the emotional discomfort? Can I? And and here's another one for me, group. Can I can I tolerate other people being angry at me? Oh, mama, you talk about one of my big ones. So that's one of my big ones. I can't tolerate having thinking. Well, they're upset with me, or they're disappointed in me, or they disagree with me. Uh, you know what? I've got to increase my tolerance for other people's, for my need for other people to be happy with me. Um, yeah. So let's go to the third word. We're actually the fourth word because we combine courage and tolerance. Uh, I want to go to the word discipline next because I think to manage anxiety requires that we that we discipline ourselves in a in a variety of ways. And I'm just going to bullet point a number of them. One of the ways that, that we discipline ourselves to manage anxiety is when we refuse to make up meaning in our head or make up a story. Or 
I have this tendency, the story, I, I'm not making it up. It's already there. The story pops in my head. And, and I, but, but to refuse to, to believe the story or to refuse to embrace the story that I've made up in my head. Uh, I, I think that is an important part of, I, I think it's a discipline of managing anxiety. Um, the discipline to stop myself and calm myself, that's a discipline that's important to managing anxiety. The discipline of not taking responsibility for other people's feelings, which, which comes under tolerance and discipline both. The discipline to, to maintain boundaries, personal boundaries, and have clear guiding principles are disciplines. And a, a big one for me, and I think this will be the last one I list here, is, is the discipline to establish and work on a routine of self-care. What am I doing to take care of myself? And you'll remember in the faith walking material. Uh, so for me, these are the five kind of categories I think about with self-care. What am I doing to get physical exercise? What am I doing to rest, relax, and engage in Sabbath? That's kind of all one. Third, what am I doing to feed my soul? Four, what am I doing uh, to spend time in reflection and contemplation? And five, what am I doing to choose my attitude, which is in fa the faith walking content where we talk about choosing joy? Uh, am, am I choosing my attitude or not? And that's part of my self-care routine. Or what, what gets stirred up for you? Ken, would you mind repeating those things that you just said? Yeah, the self-care pieces. Yes. Yeah, the, the first one for me is about uh, is about getting getting some exercise, and and mostly getting exercise outdoors for me. Uh, but that's part of my self care routine. The second number two Saul is is rest and relaxation, and I include in that Sabbath rest. So in what ways am I getting, am I getting enough rest and am I Sabbathing enough? Those are kind of my questions. The third, third one question is about feeding my soul, which is about what are those things that are life-giving and am I doing enough life-giving things? So I think, so we could come back to awareness. I think it's important to have deep awareness about what's life-giving for you and what's life-sucking for you. Uh, and okay, so so when I so I noticed yesterday, um, I was really grumpy yesterday, and I didn't like it. I didn't want to be, but I knew I was. And so here's, and, and so for me, uh, Trish, like, where does it show up in our body? My grumpy, my attitude is a sign that I'm, that I'm, I'm out of balance with my self-care. And so I've got, you know what? I'm out of balance. 
And, and so I started going through my list. What am I, what am I doing or not doing? Uh, so that was number three. So number four was, uh, what am I doing in, in the area of reflection and contemplation? And number five was about choosing my attitude. And, and it was, and, and for me, that one is about realizing I'm not a victim to how I feel. That I have agency and I can, I may feel a certain way, but that doesn't mean I'm, I, I have to show up in the way that I feel. So I have no clue where these two fit, but I'm just going to share a couple of, a couple of thoughts that I, that I have found to be helpful for me about managing anxiety. Uh, and, and one is, and maybe it comes under discipline, but uh, one of them is uh, just to stop and take, do some deep breathing. Uh, one of the things, if you go to any counselor, uh, all the stuff I read online about managing anxiety, they talk about the value of deep breathing. And here's why it's valuable. Because as you breathe deeply in and out four or five times, it's a signal to your body that you're safe. That's what it's doing. It's simply you're convincing your body I'm safe. And so therefore, I, I don't need to be anxious. That's why that's helpful. Uh, so deep breathing. And then the other thing I find that works for me, especially like if I wake up in the night with anxiety, is to get my mind on something different. Just to quit thinking about whatever that is completely and, and totally focused, get totally focused on something else. Like, like when I wake up in the night and I'm anxious and I can't go back to sleep, what works for me is just to get up and go to work. And I'll work for about an hour and then I can go back to bed, surprisingly enough. And here's why, because the work convinces my body that I'm safe again. You know what? It's back to normal. He's back to doing normal things. He's safe. The anxiety's reduced. And then I can go back and go to bed and go to sleep. And so just finding ways that get my mind completely off of whatever the anxiety producing thing is and on something has been helpful for me. And then the, the final word is curiosity, uh, which you know is a big word for us in faith walking because curiosity especially now I'm thinking of relationships with other people. When I'm curious, when I, when I get anxious, I get defensive or I want to attack. So instead of that, can I be curious? Because curiosity helps me listen, but it also helps me gain the perspective from the other person's view when I'm curious. Um, last night, one of my siblings texted me, 8 or 9 p.m. I already told you I was grumpy yesterday. Do you think I enjoyed getting text at 8 or 9 about, and, and it was about the money related to my mom's thing, right? Uh, no, I don't want it. I was grumpy. I wanted to be short. And in it, uh, I, I mean, really, so what do I typically do? 
I'm a distancer. So you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to pawn it off on my sister. Why don't you just text her? She's the CPA. She knows all the numbers. Quit asking me. Uh, but, but finally, rather than just being PO'd by it all, uh, I asked a question and I said, so tell me, help, help me understand why, why are you asking these questions? And the answer was, well, I, I, I just need to know what I owe. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to get it paid. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it would have been great to just say that right up front, right? Instead of all this other stuff that, that gets me triggered, because there was a simple answer to that. You don't know anything. You've already paid. You don't know anything. But, but notice, I was getting more and more impatient until I got curious and asked the question and, and then got clear on, oh, this is the real issue. Well, then it, what, then it was solved. And, then, and by the way, and then there was no more texting <laughs> because it was solved. But, but I was headed toward making a mess because I was impatient and, and getting more impatient by the, by the, by the, the text that came in, if that makes sense. So what, what's that stir up with any of it? I think I've said everything I want to say. No, I haven't. I'm sure I haven't. But I've said everything that I intended to say. How about that? So what's that stir up? Brenda? I love what you said about the texting because I have a tendency. To, I, I do not. Actually, I'm in a habit of don't text me after 6 p.m. You know, just mm -hmm. don't. And it always seems to happen as soon as my husband and I sit down to talk or we mm -hmm. sit down to eat or we're climbing into bed and i'm one of those that don't want to get bad news right when i'm going to bed or get brought into a triangling situation of an argument between somebody else and so i've had, actually gotten in the habit of turning my phone off i mean mm -hmm. just completely silencing it you know the minute my i hit my bed and that's terrible you mean if i want to text you at night i'm not going to be able to you can text but i'm not going to look at my phone until Maybe if I wake up in the middle of the night or maybe first thing in the morning. Oh, so you're going to wake up in the middle of the night to look at it, Brenda? I know. That's even worse. I have, I actually, I haven't been, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I have a habit also. It's like, oh no, this is this person. I don't even want to read it or I'm uh, instantly, you know, just, and, and now I need to, yeah, get curious, maybe ask, but then it's, it's like sometimes when you ask, then you know, here comes this. 10 page text you know mm -hmm. that comes along with it sure but, but yeah that curiosity that that that's going to be a good reminder for me because i think i sometimes jump the gun on that as well mm -hmm. you know but that's and, all i want and to and we we still get to have boundaries yes you know what yes. now's not a good time or uh, you know what uh this is so involved let me deal with it tomorrow morning uh, I'm, I'm engaged in a conversation now. I can't, I can't, you know, I don't want to be distracted. I mean, yeah, we get to have boundaries. And for me, that that's one of the big, really big things is just knowing you get to have, you get to, you get to say yes, or you get to say no. But then here comes that intolerance factor. You know, it's like, I had a situation with one of my, my family members the other day and the text started at 10 a.m. and went on until mid midnight. 
And, and my husband even actually jumped in and tried to, uh, you know, assist in a way that it was not coming to me. And I said, you know what, I have, you know, they have to figure it out. They have to work this out. But, you know, my personality is, oh, I'm hurt for them. Oh, I need to comfort them. I need to do something. But mm -hmm. I felt at the time that emotionally or physically, I just could not handle it. Mm -hmm. And and my husband only handled it so far, said one thing, and that, that was it. Mm -hmm. I wish I was as disciplined as my husband. You know, and he hasn't even taken these courses. Well, he took one. But and you're going to get there, Brenda. I hope so. Yes. You are. I try to remind myself regularly of the little phrase, you end up with what you put up with, because that's, that's, that's a boundary phrase. And if I keep putting up with it, guess what? I'm going to keep ending up with it. But if I decide, you know what? No. Uh, one, one of the things, uh, uh, Brenda, um, it's uh, so I never think of this when I need it. Okay. But but I believe it. And in coaching, I, I really, I use it regularly. And it's this idea of, you know what? Here's what I believe. I believe that you've got everything within you to figure out how to do this. And I love you and I'm for you. But what? I, here, but here's what I really believe. You, you've got this. Just trust yourself. Figure it out. You'll be okay. I love that. Mm -hmm. Because if it weren't for the people in my life, like you, Ken, and others, that instead of fixing me, mm -hmm. they help me, they've, they've helped me to learn how to not only go to God, but, but become adjusted in those areas and, and work, discipline myself. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're so right in saying that. And um, I'm definitely going to focus on that from now on. Yeah. What else? We got two minutes. Who needs to speak? Who wants to speak? Who's got something stirring? Jerry. The um, curiosity piece, I find when I get myself together and I ask questions, like tell me more, or um, I'd like to understand, it diffuses the situation and kind of brings brings the emotion down and then we're allowed to think better mm -hmm. when we can bring that down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and I'm not very good at it, Jerry. I wished one of y'all would develop a pill that I could just take because it'd be simpler just to take a pill. My daughter's chocolate chip cookies. That fixes it. <laughs> well, well, where are they? If they're the miracle cure, where's my? Oh my platter? gosh! You can only eat half of one though. It's like death by chocolate. <laughs> oh, I'll have to send you some. Thank you, group. Thanks for the conversation. Anybody else want to say something before we're done? Just want to thank you, Ken, because this I think this is a particularly timely topic uh, because I think. You know, um, I know for me, I'll have we'll have family with us over Christmas. Yeah. 
And that'll yeah. be a joyful time, but it also can be an anxious time. It can. It can. Let, let me remind all of you, uh, and Angela has it in our chat box, but uh, I'm doing this little seminar on the 17th. Uh, it's going to be a two-hour seminar on the impact of anxiety on communication. So if you know people uh, who you think might, might be benefited by it, uh, who, you know, you can't convince to sign up for a 10-week faith walking module, uh, this might be a good little intro for them. It happens on the 17th from 10 to noon central time. Like Saul, I wanted to thank you for this because um, I will also be with family at Christmas and my daughter's significant other is can be a, a very, very difficult individual to get along with. Um, so I'm going to read this over probably three or four times a day um, when I'm there. Need to make little index cards to kind of keep with me. But thank you. This is this is so helpful. Good. I wish more people would understand that anxiety involves more than just being afraid mm. or, you know, the physical reaction. It's like my husband, he didn't understand that anxiety was came in forms of anger, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and then other physical, you know, reactions to things. And so I think if more people could get that, I'm hoping they hear this podcast that you can sign this, this course seminar is going to be beneficial. It's not just about having anxiety disorders or Right. Being afraid. Yeah. Good. Well, you'll probably see something soon with a with anger in the title. Um, as I attempt to we'll we'll try and see how that works. Group, lots of stuff going on. I hope I see you in the next couple of weeks. For more information about faith walking visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that faith walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us backslash donate. Thank you for listening.